life and the real stuff and sometimes difficult stuff to talk about. But we are so delighted that that you are here. We are in a series that is called uh, Portraits of Jesus by John. And we're taking different little sketches uh, that John, through his words, he creates these images. And then we put some artwork to it. Today, we're talking about Jesus the servant and what it means for that moment in John chapter 13, which we'll look at in a moment, when Jesus actually took the basin of water, took off his outer robe and began to wash the feet of the disciples. We've heard the story before, many of us have, but it was profound. And it really impacted them. And we'll talk some about that. I was so blessed yesterday to be at the car show. I hope you made it. It was a blast. Just amazing. Some really cool cars. But beyond that, I came up to where the food was. That's always good. And uh, they were cooking burgers and brats and dogs. All the healthy stuff, you know, the good stuff for you. And uh, everyone was just so happy, smiling. All of these people are volunteers. And they are working in the sun, they're laboring, they're doing something because they believe in it and they wanted to be there and I felt that. Today, walking around the building, seeing ushers and greeters and people who are are giving their time and serving. So many of you who serve in our city, you serve in the community. That is a huge thing that you are doing because when you say yes to God in serving, you are saying yes to the kingdom of God on this earth. It makes a difference. I... uh, I loved the other day, a couple months ago, actually, we were coming out of the pastor's meeting and we were taking a break and Dick Foth, who's our, on our teaching team, a great brother, <laughs> held the door for all the pastors as they were walking out of the conference room. And I was the last one out and I said, Foth, you are amazing. You are such a servant. Here you are, just a model servant for everyone, holding the door like this for everyone, patted him on the, on the back. And he's, <laughs> he was joking around, of course, but he said, well, I figured a long time ago, if you're going to serve, you might as well do it where people can see you. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. Kind of funny. But obviously, we don't serve so people can see us. We serve because God has put a responsibility in our hearts. And we don't just serve out of duty. We serve out of joy. So that's what we're going to talk about. So open your heart. The first thing I want you to write down, the back of your bulletin, then we're going to read some Scripture is this, number one in your outline, four things about servanthood. Servanthood comes from understanding authority. You might think, I don't get the connection. What does authority have to do with servanthood? It has everything to do with it, and I'll explain in just a minute as we look at this story. In John chapter 13, verse 1, it says this, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that His hour had come to leave this world and return to His Father. He had loved His disciples during His ministry on earth, and now He loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father, now notice this line, had given Him what? Authority. Okay, just pay attention to that for a second. He knew the Father had given Him authority over everything, And that he had come from God and would return to God. So, or therefore, because of that, he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. It's interesting that John words it this way. 
When Jesus came to this recognition, this moment, this revelation, knowing He was given full authority by His Father on the earth, next line, He got up from the table and began to wash feet. What's with that? How can my revelation, my understanding of my authority be used in helping me become a greater servant? See, when we think of authority, we typically don't think of servants. When you think of someone who has authority over you, I mean, our pecking order in our world is usually, I can't wait to be the boss so I don't have to do that anymore. Right? You with me on that? That's why this is such a contrast. That's why it's so interesting. Matter of fact, on the police cars of of the city of Fort Collins, you'll see this quote, Fort Collins Police Services. They are here to serve. Now, it doesn't feel like that when they're giving you a ticket. Right? I understand. But... They have authority. They can pull you over. They can change your day. They have authority. And yet, they're here to serve. You think of the military and the authority that that they have. And yet, they actually say, I'm in the service. I have served two terms. I have served for ten years. I have served. What is all that? With our authority comes this ability to serve. If you understand your authority in Christ, you will be a greater servant for the work of God. Have you ever met someone that had too much authority for their security level? (laughs) It's a tough thing, isn't it? I mean, it's just hard when someone gets authority and they shouldn't have it. One thing that we need to understand is that all authority is given to us. It's never taken. And authority needs a best friend. And I believe its best friend is humility. Because people who have authority... And they can put the best friend of humility around it. Creates a huge security in their life in order to administer servanthood to those that they work with and serve. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. As the King, He was saying, I will submit my life to serving you. This was not heard of. That's why the disciples are blown away. They were used to this rabbi, this person, this teacher... They would be willing to wash His feet, but why would He wash theirs? I hope in our lives that we will use our authority to serve. Jesus said it well. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Now, the second point is like a polar opposite. Number two in your notes is this. Servanthood comes from understanding submission. We talk about authority, and yeah, we need to be in... understand authority in order to serve, but we also need to understand submission. That is absolutely seen in this text. It's kind of funny. Follow along verse 6. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, and this is important, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. And then he says, you will never Ever, huge Greek word there, meaning absolutely forget it. This is not going to happen. You will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. I'm sure there was silence there. I'm sure there was a moment of tension there. Peter didn't know what to do with this. And finally it says, he exclaimed, then wash my hands, my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. In other words, I submit to whatever it is you're saying. I don't understand all these principles, but I'll do what you want. Jesus was trying to break in to this culture that He was living in to say, 
it's not like it seems in the kingdom of God. You're in a system with a pecking order that says, I, as your teacher and Lord, am going to wash your feet. Peter's saying, you shouldn't be washing my feet. Jesus says, yes, I should. And you need to let me. It's a humbling place. I remember years ago now, I'd been the pastor here for probably, I don't know, three or four years, and we had a, a couple who moved here from Arkansas, Bill and Linda Piker. And just great people. Many of you remember them there. He's now pastoring in Arkansas. Went back. He had that southern draw too. He could talk Arkansas. And, and uh, it, it was just fun to talk to him. And I loved that guy. But he would come early to the church every day. And he would pray. And he, would, he ended up just having a key to the building. We were over on LeMay Avenue. How many of you remember the building over there at LeMay? And he would walk to the building. I'd get there about 7 and, and I'd hear him walking around the building up in the classrooms his voice would kind of penetrate through the wall and the ra- it's kind of creepy actually to be honest with you hear this voice you know everywhere you go in the building because he prayed out loud and he'd walk around and he'd put hands on all the chairs and he'd pray for the three-year-old classroom and the four-year-old classroom and he'd pray for the fifth graders and he'd come into the auditorium and he'd pray over every pew every seat every person that's going to oh god bless him. he'd just pray 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 well one day about nine o'clock in the morning, he, I get this call, and it's Bill. And he says, Pastor Derry, and he's kind of like in a hurry. He said, I need to talk to you really bad. Something's up, and I, I, I need you to come back and open the back door back in the gymnasium. We had an activity center back there, those of you that can remember that. He said, could you meet me back there in a couple minutes? I'm on my way by. I, I said, is everything okay? He said, yeah. I said, okay. So I got him. I walked back there, and, and Bill pulls up in his old truck and he walks in. I open the door and he comes in. And he, he just takes me by the arm and he just starts pulling me. And we go over and he gets a black chair and one of those plastic chairs and sits it down right in the middle of the activity center. Lights are off in there. There's some windows that the sun's coming in. So it's well lit, but it's just kind of shady in there. And, and he just says, sit down for a minute. And so I sit down. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes back into the kitchen. And I hear some pots and pans rattling around. And I'm thinking, is he cooking breakfast? What, what's going on? And all of a sudden, he comes out of the kitchen with this big basin of water. And he walks over to me and he kneels down. I'm sitting in this chair and he says, God has put it in my heart to wash your feet. And I said, oh no, he hasn't. (laughs) Uh, This is not going to work. He said, no, really, he has, i never forget, he puts his hands on my feet, I'm trying to stand up, he's like pulling me down. I said, you're not washing my feet. He said, I'm supposed to wash your feet, but the more important thing is I'm, I'm supposed to pray a certain prayer over you, and you need to listen to the prayer. It's about the prayer, not just the washing of the feet. And I said, well, then say the prayer, don't wash my feet. He said, no, I, I'm supposed to wash your feet, and he started unlacing my shoes. Ah! Takes them off and takes my socks off. Ah! It was awful. If God ever lays it on your heart to wash someone's feet, say no. Oh, especially if it's me. Put my feet in that water and he grabbed my feet. Never forget this. And he started to kind of weep, and his prayer was really short, almost word for word, what I'm about to tell you. He said, Dear God, thank you for Pastor Derry. I ask you today to help him always know his job is to wash feet. 
that He is always to be a servant. May He always have a servant's heart. Mark His heart this day. Amen. I start sobbing. I mean, it really touched me. Because I guarantee you, I haven't lived up to that prayer the way that I would have and wish I could have. But it marked my heart that day. He jumped up and said, well, i got to get back to work and walked out the side door. <laughs> now, now, here I am all alone in the gymnasium sitting in a chair with my feet in a bucket of water. <laughs> crying. One of our facilities guys opens the door and he looks in there and he's like, Pastor Derry, are you okay? I'm like, shut the door. Get out of here. Ugh. There is something about a willingness that marked me that day. Because our tendency as human beings is not to wash feet. But you and I need to understand when we submit to God, we say, Lord, we'll be the people who will do what no one else will do. We'll accept the call no one else will hear. We'll go to the places no one else will go to. We are the people of God. And the DNA of God is in us. And servanthood is what marks us. Let's be that. Number three. In your outline, servanthood comes from Having a willingness, keyword, a willingness to learn. Now, <laughs> we all learn, but how many of you learn the hard way, like me, usually? Okay, this is saying, okay, I open my heart to be a learner by choice. I want to learn. So look at verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked, Do you understand what I was doing? Big question. Now, now follow this logic, okay? You call me teacher and Lord. Those are two really big words. Rabbi, Lord, those are words only used for someone in the highest place of respect. And you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now, was Jesus trying to create a new ritual? Where every Sunday we come in here and we have some bowls of water and we wash somebody's feet. Ushers, bring all the bowls. Let's try it. Let's, no, I'm kidding. We're not, we're not going to I won't do that to you. Okay. No, it's not about a ritual. It's okay. Sometimes people do that. It's part of worship. I get it. But Jesus wasn't talking about a ritual. Jesus was trying to get them to understand a new paradigm. He was trying to break through the culture to say there is no pecking order in the kingdom of God. We all roll up our sleeves. We all are the people who have that DNA. I as your teacher. I as your rabbi. I as your Lord. I have modeled this for you so that you will be this for each other. Jesus said to them, let the greatest among you be the servant. Remember, because they were arguing about who would be the greatest. Who's going to sit on his right? Who's going to sit on his left? I want this position. Everyone's trying to get the position. Jesus says, stop. Our servanthood will change the world. Our submission to God, our willingness to learn, not out of duty or guilt or obligation. That isn't what this is about. It's about you saying, God, I give you every talent. You put it in me. And I give you all that I am for the glory of God. I know someone like this, and I want you to meet her. Her name is Helen Warren. We're honoring her this weekend because she is really the only charter member of this church that is left. She came to this church when she was 11 years old. Actually, this church began when she and her family moved here and they started coming here. She has been a part of Timberline Church for 80 
three years. Watch this. Yeah, and you'll see this video. You've got to see this. This is amazing because uh, we, are, we are talking today with Helen Warren. And uh, Helen has been a part of Timberline Church for 83 years, really since the beginning. And um, she's, I think you're the only person I know that's been uh, a part of this church its whole life. And welcome, and thank you for taking a few moments to talk about our history. And uh, first of all, how's your health? How you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. I've had to slow down, but I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I remember just uh, wasn't that long ago you came to me and said, I'm going to have to stop being a greeter because I can't stand up quite that long, and it's, it's hard on my body. And you said this will be the first time in all these years that I don't have a ministry here at Timberline. That's a lot of years of faithful ministry, Helen. Thank you. You're welcome. You have been an amazing servant of the Lord. And um, we're talking in this weekend about servanthood and what it means to serve. Um, Tell me a little bit about some of the favorite moments you have uh, as a part of a kid growing up in this church. You have lots of stories, I'm sure. Well, my my first job at church was they called me uh, Sunday school librarian and on the, the first Sunday of the month we would get these uh, Sunday school papers that were uh, had to be separated according to Sundays so my dad would take them home and I would take them in to, and put them on the bed and separate them out to the Sundays. You've always been a hard worker, no <laughs> doubt about it. Matter of fact when Bonnie and I came to interview for the pastorate position here um, Helen's husband's name was Charlie, and uh, he's now with the Lord. But Charlie and Helen and Gwen Kovac, I believe, we went out uh, after I had preached on that Sunday morning, and we went out to eat somewhere in the square, but I can't remember the name of that restaurant. I don't remember the name of it. It had a funny name. I remember where it was, but Right. And then, and then after we were elected on Sunday night, we went down and had a piece of pie together, didn't we? Yes. And uh, you were here when I've read through the minutes of our history. Uh, some of the meetings, and when the church decided to buy some land out on LeMay Avenue. Um, for those of you that don't know, we used to have a facility over at 1800 South LeMay. And reading the minutes, people were saying, that's a dirt road, and no one's going to drive that far to go to church. Do you recall some of those, era? I do remember them saying that. And it was way out in the country. <laughs> Isn't that funny how... What, how does that impact you to look at Fort Collins now and northern Colorado and its growth? You've seen a lot of change. I just don't know my way around like I used to. Exactly, exactly. Well, when you, if you could say one thing to someone who is looking at serving God, being faithful in servanthood, Helen, do you think of anything specific that you would say to them, make sure you do this, or here's how you serve God faithfully? Does anything come to mind? Notice, look at the people, older people, and kind of follow Yes. Them. Let them be a, a role model to you. Right. And pay attention and learn. Right. As a as a child, do you remember any 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 things you used to do? You were telling me a little story about a business meeting or something at your house. You want me to tell that? Yeah, why don't Okay. I? Most of the families lived in the country and my folks had this little four room house up on Aiken Street. And so they uh, had kids of course our age. And when there was anything at church that they didn't want the kids to go to, they'd bring all the kids to our house. And we would 
no radio, no TV, no nothing. So I don't know what we did there. But as soon as we thought it was safe, we'd all dash down. It was just five blocks down to the church. We'd all dash down there and take turns listening at the keyhole to see what was going on. So you'd put your ear up against the keyhole to see if you could hear what they were talking about. Yeah. (laughs) They were kicking someone out of the church or someone had some problems and you were hearing the whole story. That's right. See the mischief this lady has been involved in in her life. (laughs) Well, it's such a joy, Helen, to to have you here. And we wanted to just say again, thank you for who you are and what you've become. You've been a role model for me. Uh, Her husband, Charlie, used to come by on Saturday mornings and pick me up when I first became the pastor here. And he would have a list of people that we needed to go see. And and we would always go get some donuts and take them to people and, and have one ourselves. And, yeah, we went to Toddy. We, 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 yep, with Toddy's and, and get those good donuts that they had. And so I, I miss Charlie. I thought of him a lot, but I know uh, you have left a legacy of servanthood and care behind you, and I thank you for it. We want to honor you this weekend um, to just say thank you for who you are and what you've done and uh, for being a part of this fellowship from the beginning. No one else can say that but you, and we treasure you. <laughs> And we are grateful for you. Thank you so very much. Helen Warren, would you please stand up? (laughs) Oh, man. uh, She's quick to say to me, I don't know what the fuss is about. But uh, we love you, Helen. And uh, it's people like that that sometimes we wait too long before we honor them. And it's people like Helen who leave a legacy of servanthood that I want to make sure we notice it. And I want us to leave then, continue that legacy that someone before us paid the price for us. The last thing I want to say, and we'll wrap this up, is number four in your outline. And it's servanthood is displayed through action. Servanthood is displayed through action. And it's found really in verse 15. Because when Jesus says it, He says it in a unique way. In verse 15 He says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Uh, Think about that. Aren't you glad the Bible doesn't say that John didn't write, one day Jesus was thinking about washing the disciples' feet, but He never got around to it. He didn't quite have the time. He's a busy guy. That's not what it says. He did it. You know, it's easy to sign up, but it's hard to show up. It's easy to want to give, but it's tough to give. It's one thing to have a good feeling in your heart to say, I ought to do that. I believe in that. It's another to roll up your sleeves and say, I'm going to help make that happen. But you're people who make it happen. I've seen it year after year. And I want to say thank you to you. I'm praying that Timberline Church will be a place in this city that when people meet anyone from this fellowship, they say, there's a person who serves. There's a person who has an attitude that's right. There's a person who's willing to help. I don't want us to be known for some big church over on Timberline Road. I want us to somehow leave a legacy that says those people let love live. Those people are who they... They have the DNA of God in them and they're not afraid to make a difference. So I got real practical. We've been working on this for months. We have this sheet in your bulletin. Take it out, would you, just for a second. 
This sheet has 14 different agencies represented in our city. These are not necessarily tied to Timberline Church. There are people in our mall area that may go to other churches in our community, but they have given up a lot of hours this weekend to be at those tables to give you opportunity to get involved. We believe in these people and what they're doing. I'm going to ask you to take your time. Go by the tables that might interest you. Take some literature. They're not trying to necessarily sign you up for anything today, but they're there to answer questions. They're there to hand some brochures. And I'm going to ask you to consider where are you serving in our city? Because one of the big jobs we have as a church is to get people outside the walls of the church. For those of you who are already involved in the community, you're doing a ton of this stuff anyway, I want to bring your attention to this sheet right here. You don't have it with you, but I hope you'll get one. It's at every exit of the building. All the guest services, even those of you in the South Auditorium right now, it's at the South Exit too. This has about a hundred opportunities to serve here at Timberline Church. I'm amazed at people sometimes who say, well, you know, that big church, I know they don't really need me. They have so many talented people. <laughs> Stop it. We need you. We want you. Pick one of these up, take it home, and just start penciling, circling some of the things that God puts as an interest in your heart of where we need help. Because we're gearing up for fall to do a better job of reaching out and serving our community and our world. You guys, I love you for it, and I thank you for it. And I want to pray with you about our areas of involvement and servanthood. Would you join me? Lord, I, I come to a place like this, and I'm so thankful I serve a God who is not afraid to wash feet. Lord, thank you so much for being the perfect example for us to follow. That you actually led the way when it came to serving. Teach us how to do that. Teach us how to live that. Lord, I think all of us raise our hand today to say we want to be a greater servant for your kingdom and for your glory. So we say yes. Would you just under your breath, just now, just say yes, Lord. I want to serve in every area. Again, it's not duty or guilt. Don't put that on you. I'm not talking about... I'm talking about you using your gifts and talents to say, some of you, God's already prompted you. You know areas and you have ideas and dreams. Dream that dream. Let us help you put yourself to work in a meaningful place to advance the kingdom of God. Lord, we say yes to that today. We honor you and we love you. We thank you. We give you the glory and the praise. Teach us and show us how to always have a servant's heart to make a difference. For your glory we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Ushers, would you give someone about any need? I want you to go by these tables, at least say thank you to the people serving and get involved at the levels you can. Take some brochures home with you and just think about, Lord, how can I use my gifts for your glory? And uh, I want to just tell you one last thing. When we honored Helen this weekend, we gave her a little gift earlier as a gift certificate to a restaurant i said helen where do you like to eat what's one of your favorite places she said why well, i kind of like mcdonald's i said no i mean i mean like a place that's special that you really she said well it is that subway is really good food <laughs> i'm not kidding did you notice in the interview i couldn't even get her to talk i mean i i tried that's the best we could do but Helen, we love you. Finally, we agreed on a restaurant. and Just know that you are loved and appreciated, my lady. And thanks for leading the way in servanthood. And I hope you feel our love today. And for all of us, if there's someone in your life you haven't thanked lately, make it happen this week. Lord, send us out of here with a thankful heart, willing to serve and to let love live in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Thanks for coming to Timberline. Have a great rest of your weekend.